It's time for Atomic Monsoon with your hosts, Jedi Stephanie. Guess who's number one now? Josh. Oh, I didn't know watch a single season of The Bachelor. Why is my <laughs> who's saying I want to watch The Bachelor? <laughs> and Psycho Andy. My hands are only wet because I watched them. There's no other reason for that. And now, it's Atomic Monsoon. Hey, Andy. Yes, Stephanie. Do you remember that scene from Terminator 2 with the explosion and everything kind of going off like one big nuclear bomb? I remember a lot of scenes from Terminator 2 with the big explosion and things going off like a nuclear bomb. Do you know what that's called? What's that? An atomic monsoon! Oh, jeez. <laughs> th- uh, Dude, I literally just came up with that. I, yeah. <laughs> <It's so bad. laughs> Welcome to Atomic Monsoon, everybody. And we're obviously going to be talking about Terminator 2 today, so there you we, go. <laughs> we are talking about Terminator 2. Before we get into that, we want to thank our friends at Def M Records, the, the Def M Records All-Stars, for providing our excellent intro music. Mm-hmm. Uh, go check them out at defmrecords.bandcamp.com and uh, find yourself some new music. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. so we did a bunch of Star Wars stuff last week, and I thought, mm-hmm. well, we should talk about my favorite movie. <laughs> so and here we are here we are we're gonna do it so Plus, we've we've mentioned terminator 2 so many times on this show we have yet to do a thing about it you know it's funny it's it's one of the when we when we talked about changing formats early on when we stopped doing like you know hey here's some nerd stuff that's coming out and we started focusing on like a thing per episode mm-hmm. uh this was absolutely one of the ones that i wanted to do and we just never got around to it and so no. here we are episode 87 i think we are this week right now so oh god uh, yeah finally finally uh we get to do get to do a uh, thing about my favorite movie so here we are <laughs> here we are <laughs> so you had not so. seen this movie before uh the last like 48 hours right yes i have not okay okay boy that's but you you said you did go on the terminator the experience right that yes so Universal? in 2011 Uh, In 2011, my family and I visited Universal Studios, uh, Hollywood specifically, and we went and checked out all the cool experiences and rides, and one of the experiences was the Terminator 2 3D. And that was my first real exposure to the Terminator franchise and everything. I mean, I even have a photo of me on the motorcycle afterward trying to look cool. (laughs) <laughs> I, that motorcycle sure. was way too big for me so it didn't work as well as i thought but yeah. uh it was a really it was a really cool experience it was probably one of my favorites uh favorite things that we did that day at universal excellent yeah um so when i when i was a wee lad my dad uh <laughs> uh i think the statute of limitations has passed on this also my dad passed away so it's fine had one of the descrambler boxes so we basically were stealing pay-per-view cable i don't know if we stole all of cable or just pay-per-view channels but either way this movie was on a lot on the pay-per-view stations in 1992 and so my brother and i watched this and robocop 2 all the damn time and uh so (laughs) probably by the time i was like 13 i'd see this movie a hundred times um Mm. Which, you know, probably has a lot to do with it being my favorite movie. But yeah, even even watching it just a couple of days ago, you know, of all of the list of my favorite movies, like, you know, the 86 Transformers animated movies on there, the 1990 Turtles movies on there, some other ones. And I, as much as I still like them, I know that they don't really hold up, mm-hmm. you know, like they're, they're kids movies for sure. I, I still feel like this movie holds up really well mm-hmm. <laughs> 29 years after its release. So yeah, yeah. Anyways, 
so Terminator 2 came out in, on July 3rd, 1991. It had a premiere two days earlier on July 1st. Uh, the budget was somewhere between 94 and $102 million, depending on who you ask, which at the time was the most expensive film ever made. And wow. its box office return was $520.8 million, which is over five times its production budget. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So needless to say, a unqualified success. Uh, it was the highest grossing film of 1991, and it was the highest grossing R-rated film for the f- next 12 years when it was finally beaten by The Matrix Reloaded, which was the first of the Matrix sequels, I believe. It received Academy Awards for Best Sound Effects, Best Sound, Best Makeup, and Best Visual Effects. I'm sorry, Damn. Best Sound Effects Editing. Um, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. And then there were four other movies that came out after this movie because of how successful it was. Whoa. They are of varying quality. <laughs> Fair. I don't. I don't feel like any of them are are as good as this one. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, also, this movie itself, you know, there's a big two in that title, right? Terminator Two: Judgment Day. It's yes. a sequel to the first Terminator movie from 1984, so seven years earlier. I think I've said before on the show, I'm not a big fan of the first Terminator movie. Like, it's fine. There's nothing inherently wrong with it, but it doesn't. It doesn't catch me like this movie did. Okay. So. Yeah. Um, did you have any? I, I want to do like a quick recap of the movie, um, and then we can talk about like our favorite parts, maybe. Yeah, that and, sounds good. And stuff we liked. Okay. Did you have yeah. anything you wanted to throw out before um, before we go into that? Nothing. <laughs> I got nothing for you. Okay. All right. Cool. So this movie opens with a scene of the future war in 2029. Um, which is two years after the future war scenes from the first Terminator movie. So that means after two years, they're still fighting. The humans and the machines are still fighting. Um, Hmm. Narration from Sarah Connor lets us know that on August 29th, 1997, Judgment Day happened. Uh, You know, the far future of 1997. Yep. Uh, On that day, three billion human lives were lost. Uh, now, in 1991, when this movie came out, we were not quite up to 6 billion humans on the planet. So we're talking half the population of the Earth was just gone. Whoa. Yeah. 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 That's why Judgment Day is a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and then the, the opening credits happen. Uh, there's an electrical storm and we see a big naked Arnold Schwarzenegger who was the villain in the first Terminator movie. Um, he, you know, gets up, goes into a bar, and asks someone for your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. Um, a fight ensues, and, you know, Schwarzenegger wins, of course, because he's Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he's the star of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, rides off uh, wearing, uh, or rides off on a guy's Harley um, with Bad to the Bone by George Thorogood and the Destroyers playing. Yes, because it's 1991, and that was the most badass song that existed at the time. <laughs> yep. Um, cut to a second electrical storm, and another naked man who is much slimmer than Schwarzenegger, but still muscular. Uh, he appears, and a police officer goes to investigate, and this guy looks like just punches the cop in the stomach. But next, you know, they, they cut to a scene of him, uh, of the the time traveler guy in a police uniform and he starts Mm -hmm. looking up on the computer um, where John Connor is. So interesting point of fact here, the movie came out in 1991, but the movie or the, that's the computer screen in the cop car, the database he's looking up there says that John Connor's date of birth is 1985 and that he's 10 years old. 
which means that this movie has to take place in 1995. So it takes place four years in the future? It takes place four years in the future from when it was released. Yeah. Okay. But also 11 years after the first Terminator movie. Sure. (laughs) He is the oldest looking 10 year old I've ever seen. (laughs) So Edward Furlong, who played John Connor, was 13 when they filmed this movie. Ah, that's so so he is he is a little bit older um but yeah yeah uh speaking of john connor he is working in his uh foster parents garage on his moped with his buddy tim who is played by danny cooksey uh danny cooksey is probably best known for playing bobby budnick on the nickelodeon show salute your shorts um he is also the voice of montana max on tiny tune adventures Got it. So he's he's been around. He he's been in some bands. He's actually done a lot more voice acting, but not, Montana Max is the only voice I can ever think of off the top of my head. Um, so they ignore ignore John's foster parents and drive off on the moped while listening to "You Could Be Mine" by Guns N' Roses from the Use Your Illusion Two album, I believe. Um, that song, uh, the music video for that song, has a bunch of clips from the movie interspersed into it. And it's about a Terminator going to a Guns N' Roses concert to take out a, a target. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's pretty fun. It's not released on any of the home video releases except for the three disc laser disc edition um, because of licensing issues with Guns N' Roses mm. and, and them just being kind of weird. So okay. um, yeah, but you know, it's out there. Yeah. Um, we cut to Sarah Connor, who's in the Mental Institute, and she's doing pull-ups on her overturned bed. Uh, and then, you know, we kind of get introduced to the people that work at the Pescadero Mental Institute. Um, it's maybe not the most up-and-up institution. Nah, <laughs> nah. <laughs> uh, the guy who is dressed as a police officer shows up to um, Todd and Janelle, John's foster parents' house. They give him a photo. Uh, you know, this guy seems nice enough. He just, you know, has to ask John some questions. And they mention, hey, a big guy in a bike was looking for John earlier too. Uh, so have anything to do with that? And he goes, nah, don't worry about him. Cut to John and Tim. They're hacking an ATM with an Atari portfolio. So this is a thing that has puzzled me for the last 20 something years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I finally decided the other night, I should look up what this thing is. So the Atari portfolio was released in 1989. And it's a cross between like a Palm Pilot and a laptop computer. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So Palm Pilots, for any of our listeners too young to remember those, are, they were little handheld devices that were a little bit bigger than an, uh, an iPhone would be today. Um, and they were used for note taking and phone book storage. And, and I mean, the kinds of things you'd use the notepad on your phone for today. Mm-hmm. Um Obviously, you know, by the time like the 2000s rolled around, Palm Pilots were just irrelevant. You know, they, mm-hmm. um, they, we don't need them. But at the time this movie came out, this would have been, you know, a, a thing that had only been out for a couple of years. Um, they were portable. They ran on, on a few AAA batteries. Um, they had <laughs> memory cards that required watch batteries to power them. Oh my god! Uh, with a uh, uh, the the article I found for this thing has a picture of one with a 64 kilobyte memory. Jeez. Yeah, uh, the sound file for this episode of Atomic Monsoon is like thousands of times as big as the amount of memory on these things. 
but John uses it to hack the ATM. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, so I know I gave you access to a digital version of this movie, Stephanie, but I don't yes. remember which version of the movie is on that digital version. Uh, it uh, is the special edition. Right. Extended. The, the, the problem is, is that there's like three special editions of this movie. <laughs> so Frick. right here, there is a deleted scene that has been added back into some versions where Sarah in her hospital bed dreams about seeing Kyle Reese, who is John's father. That was in this one. That was in this one. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, this, was, this scene was not in the theatrical release. So um, John, or uh, uh, John's father, Kyle, reminds her the message of the future. The future is not set. There is no faith, but that what we make for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Which is an ongoing theme. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we go, we go into showing Sarah. Uh, Sarah has a bit of a nightmare. She wakes up. Um, they cut to her being interviewed by Dr. Silberman and they talk about her maybe being transferred to the minimum security wing so that she can have visitors, including her son. Um, Silberman says, I know how smart you are, Sarah, and I know you would just try to escape again. So we're going to set revisitation on these methods on, on this matter for six months from now. Jeez. Um, she does not take that news. Wrong. So here's the thing is that it sucks that Sarah is locked up and can't see mm-hmm. her son for another six months. But yeah. when you look at it from the point of view of everyone else, this yeah. is a woman that tried to blow up a computer factory because she thinks that machines are coming back in time to kill her and her son. You know, like, like in that perspective, it is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> but at the right. same time, it's also a thing of where, you know, some sentimental heart over here is like, no, let her see her son. For sure. For sure. Right. Right. And, and it's one of those things where the audience knows things that the characters don't know. Like yeah. we know she's correct because that's the world of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't know. And let's be honest, if any of us, you know, we heard a news report of this woman that tried to blow up a computer factory because machines from the future are kind of trying to come back and kill me and my family. Like, yeah, we'd all say lock her up too. Yeah. You know? And yeah, if it's going to take a couple of years for her to get through therapy, fine. Like she's mm-hmm. too dangerous to be on the streets. So I get it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It sucks, but I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, a quick shot of uh, Miles Dyson uh, who unlocks a vault to give access to a microchip and a robotic skeletal hand. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming that's from the first movie, right? That is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so John and Tim are, are riding around. They're spotted by Schwarzenegger and the police impersonator. Uh, it, actually, the police impersonator goes and, and asks a couple of young girls on the street if they've seen this boy. Um, one of those young girls is Nikki Cox who is in like an episode of Star Trek, the next generation as an alien. She's got a bunch of makeup on so you can recognize her. Um, And then she was in the WB sitcom from the mid nineties called unhappily ever after where she was just like this crazy knockout bombshell redhead teenager. Hmm. Um, She went on to have a couple of other small TV shows and some, some movie appearances. And then her career kind of fizzled out after a few years. Um, Mm -hmm. But this was, you know, along with that, 
Star Trek episode, like kind of the beginning of her acting career. And it's sort of neat mm-hmm. that, you know, <laughs> this random celebrity is also in this movie. Yeah. Um, so John and, and Budnick are at the arcade playing some games and uh, the machine or the, the, the police officer is going around the machines asking kids, hey, have you seen this boy? Uh, and uh, my roommate and I were watching this um, the other night and I was like, man, when the T-1000 goes over and asks John's friend, like, hey, have you seen this guy? And he goes, nah, I don't know him. It's like, man, that's a good friend. That's a good friend. <laughs> like, you know, you just robbed an ATM. And like, okay, so first of all, don't break the law, obviously. Don't. Like, <laughs> be good people, right? Uh, yeah. But if you did just rob an ATM and a cop shows up and asks you if you know this person and it's a picture of your friend and your friend's right there, yeah, don't, don't rat your friend out because you're going down too. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, so John bails out the back of the arcade and he's followed by this police officer guy. Uh, and then he runs into Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Terminator, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, who rescues John. Yes. So now one of the things about this movie is that you know, if you watch it just as a direct sequel to the first movie with no outside world knowledge of any of these, mm-hmm. you would think Schwarzenegger is the bad guy there to kill John. Yes. Right? And the guy dressed like a cop is probably the good guy who's there to, yeah. you know, protect and serve. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you get to this scene where they're in the back hallway in a mall and the one doing the saving is Schwarzenegger, the guy who you would think was sent back in time to murder <laughs> this kid. Mm-hmm. Um, however all of the marketing for this movie very much was like Schwarzenegger saying like yeah I'm playing the good guy this time like mm-hmm. all the late night talk shows he was like yeah no I want to be the Terminator and I'm going to be the good guy and I know that's a terrible Schwarzenegger impression uh, yeah uh, you know and like one of the trailers is even this, the shot the, the, the scene of him being like I swear I will not kill anybody mm-hmm. it's like okay well you sort of just take you, you just took all the piss out of that twist there guy but okay whatever yeah um (laughs) uh you know some fighting ensues it turns into a chase scene um schwarzenegger grabs uh uh schwarzenegger's on his bike the the t-1000 as we later find out it's called the guy in the cop outfit uh he jumps into what is a black freightliner cab over engine fla semi-truck stephanie can you imagine why i would note what kind of semi-truck that is uh, I mean, I mean, aside from the fact of what it does during this scene, uh, <laughs> but I'm just going to take a wild shot in the dark here. Does that have anything to do with the fact that it's a Big Mac truck that looks like kind of Optimus Prime-ish? Oh, not kind of. That's the vehicle that the original Optimus Prime toy transforms into. It's nice. The, it's the exact make, model, and year. It's just black instead of red. <laughs> got it yeah i was like okay andy would only point that out if it had something to do with transformers <laughs> so true yeah why would andy know anything about cars unless it's a transformer uh yep. by the way <laughs> since since i'm making a transformers reference i'll be fair all of the special effects in this movie all the the computer effects in this movie were done by industrial light and magic which is at the time was part of lucasfilm yep. and all of the audio is recorded uh, at the skywalker sound studios so sweet there you go we got some transformers and some star wars references in the terminator episode (laughs) yeah so there are a lot of movies even those not done by disney or lucasfilm or marvel that have used industrial light magic 
Oh, for, sure. Yeah. For I, the, used ILM for their movies and everything. Skywalker Sound. Yeah. So. Yeah. This was, uh, this was done by Karelco Films, uh, which has nothing to do with Disney or Marvel nope. or Lucasfilm. Like, it was just, hey, ILM was the best place to do special effects at the time. So. Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, yeah. The T-1000 gets in Optimus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, I want a drawing of that now. Yeah. Um, and, and chases John around uh, on his little moped. Um, and so John takes a shortcut and drives down into like the wash area there. Mm-hmm. And the best shot of the movie is the one where he, the, the T-1000 drives the truck off the side of the bridge, crashing through the little brick wall and just crashes down to continue the chase scene. Yep. I don't care. It's the best shot of the movie. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is immediately followed by the second best shot of the movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger on his Harley makes the jump off the bridge into the wash to continue the chase scene. <laughs> yep. Uh, it was not actually Schwarzenegger. It was his stunt double, but with his hairstyle the way that it was and all the black leather jacket and everything and the sunglasses, like he looked, they look a lot alike. Mm-hmm. So even though you're directly looking at his face, I've seen this movie in theaters. It's still like, yeah, that's the Terminator. I, I'm not even going to question that. Yeah. <laughs> it's only because I've seen this movie so many times that, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the chase continues. Eventually, uh, uh, the Terminator grabs John, puts him on his bike. They zip past and the T-1000 loses control. Oh, he sh- uh, Arnold shoots, shoots out one of the tires of the truck is what happens. So the T-1000 mm-hmm. loses control. Um, crashes into one of the uh, uh, support beams and it breaks the gas tank on the side and one of the sparks from the metal scraping causes a big explosion and they drive off and heroes are fine. And then we see through the fire uh, a being that looks like the Silver Surfer walking out of the fire and then reverting to humanoid form and it's the T-1000. Mm-hmm. John and the Terminator talk and, and discuss like, yes, I'm a Terminator stuff in the future. You sent me back to protect you. The other thing is the T-1000. They go over all the, the it's, it's just a bunch of exposition. Um, yeah. There's a deleted scene in there where we see the T-1000 stealing a cop car from the scene of the accident. So we know, okay, cool. That's how this guy's going to get around from now on. Um, yeah. Uh, John calls back home to make sure his foster parents are okay. And we basically immediately find out like, nope, the T-1000 went to your house and killed your parents. Um, and then the a, dog. Yeah, the, so that's, that's a deleted scene is that oh. uh, over the phone call, they, they call the dog by the wrong name, Wolfie. And then mm-hmm. the T-1000 goes out to shut the dog up and kills him. And we see that he's got a collar that says Max and not Wolfie, like he was over the phone. So that's, that's the T-1000's tip that, okay, that they're, they're messing with me now. Yeah. Um, yeah, that scene probably should have been deleted. And I kind of would have liked if it did not get reinserted. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, the T-1000 is an unkilling, uncaring machine from the future. But no actual dogs were hurt in the making of this movie. No actual dogs were hurt in the filming of this movie. No you actually don't even animals. see. You actually don't even see what happens. You just hear noises and then see collar with blood. That's all you see. Yep. 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 Yeah. It's it's <laughs> it's fine. I mean, it sucks. Like I don't I don't want them to kill the dog, but uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a movie. Um, 
the police interrogate Sarah, police show up to the, the mental institute and uh, interrogate Sarah about, you know, this guy who went on the killing spree in 1984 reappearing in the mall today. Uh, also, her son is missing. She mm-hmm. remains silent, but sneakily steals a, steals a paperclip while they're interrogating her. Yes. Um, uh, some more, cut back to some more of the expedition with John and the Terminator, um, including a great scene where he says, stand on one leg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, that's, that's fun. Um, cut back to Sarah. She uses the paperclip to escape. Um, also, <laughs> she's getting locked up in her restraints. The orderly just licks her face in the most disgusting way possible. I loudly and verbally went, ew, ew, ew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As, as it was happening, my roommate goes, that guy gets killed, right? <laughs> I, was, I was legit hoping, because I knew she had the paperclip, I was legit hoping that she already had it undone and that when he would do that, she would just stab him in the neck. Like, just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But she didn't. <laughs> uh, so when she escapes, she... <laughs> breaks a mop handle and just beats the shit out of the guy with it. Uh, muffins. Uh, I don't think she killed him, but she did lock him back in her room. So, with a broken face. So, yeah. he's not he's not going to have a good day. No. Um, <laughs> he is going to think twice before abusing any, any inmates again. Um, <laughs> uh, the T-1000 infiltrates the um mental institution and we get a fun scene with don and dan stanton who are identical twins that will occasionally appear in sci-fi movies when they need you know duplicates of each other um Mm -hmm. including in gremlins 2 the new batch where they appear as clones in the genetics lab um alongside christopher lee so yeah which uh gremlins 2 also came out around the same time like within a couple years of okay so it was like oh well look at these guys getting to be in a couple of big like sci-fi movies like right in a row so mm-hmm. good for them. Um, Sarah gets to Dr. Silverman and attacks him with the nightstick, breaks his arm. She says there are, two, there are 215 bones in the human body. That's one. Um, Arnold tells John he swears he will not kill anyone and then immediately shoots a guard in the knees. <laughs> he didn't kill him. <laughs> he didn't kill him. He then says he'll live. Uh, <laughs> uh, not to get political, Man, I kind of feel like maybe some more people in law enforcement should take that tactic. Maybe, maybe aim for non-lethal parts of the body to stop people that you disagree with. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. Uh, yeah. Be a good person, kids. Yes, um, please do. Uh, Sarah tries to break much... out. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, that was, that was like that was the breakout scene. Yeah, yeah. Sarah tries to to she she has a, a syringe full of Drano in. Uh, Dr. Silverman's neck. She tries to get out. Um, the one of the orderlies like manages to pull the syringe out of Dr. Silverman's neck with nothing going wrong. Sarah tries to escape. Um, she does a really good job. Like one of the things about Sarah Connor is that with all of her military training she's done between the mo- two movies, is she's really good at keeping track of where she is at all times, mm-hmm. and she knows exactly how to get away. And uh, I'm sure she has studied the layout of that building, you know, through all of her parole visits and everything multiple times. Um, so she is running through and locking doors. And uh, the best part is when there's kind of that prison door with the bars and mm-hmm. she runs through and reaches, reaches in and locks it and breaks the key off in the lock so that there's no way that they're going to be able to get through that quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she manages to escape and get to the elevator. 
And the elevator door opens and there's a Terminator. Yep. <laughs> Which, you know, that's gross. Um, that's not a thing you want to see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so she, she runs the other way and is caught by the orderlies. Um, the Terminator rescues her by throwing, by beating up all the orderlies, by throwing them into walls and through windows and stuff. Uh, and then says to her, come with me if you want to live. That line is the first line that Kyle Reese says to her in the first movie when she's trying to escape from the Terminator. Got it. So immediately that's messing with her brain because, oh, this thing that's trying to kill me is now saying the thing that the guy that saved me from this thing, the la- what, what? So, yeah. Uh, and then there's a great shot where the T-1000 is there and it just walks through the prison bar door. <laughs> yeah, walks through the doors. Um, they all get away, and there's a big chase scene. Uh, and you know they they escape to a mechanics garage gas station kind of place. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, the T1000 finds a motorcycle with the great line, "Say, that's a nice bike." Yep. Um, so here in the theatrical release of the movie, there is a scene where they're talking and, and pulling all the bullet slugs out of the Terminator and, you know, patching everyone up and mm-hmm. they ask him about, you know, can you be more human? And he goes, Oh, my brain is a neural net processor. It's a learning computer. Yeah. And that's it. Uh, this version of the movie, the extended version has the much better scene where they have to open up the Terminator's head, pull out his CPU and switch him to learning mode. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Sarah wants to just end it right there. She, she mm-hmm. pulls the chip out and goes to smash it with a hammer. And, and John's like, hey, if I'm supposed to be this great military leader, maybe you should listen to my ideas. We need this guy to survive. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's great about this shot is that even though the camera pans around and you're looking in the mirror of the work that they're doing to open up the Terminator's head, mm-hmm. there's no mirror there because it would pick up the camera. So yeah. what they, they did is they built a double set. And so this, the, the Sarah that's closer to the camera is working with Schwarzenegger's stunt double. Ah. And in the mirror, you're seeing Linda Hamilton's twin sister, Leslie Hamilton, working with Schwarzenegger. And they synced up their movements perfectly so that they could get that shot with the pan around the mirror. <laughs> and then it got deleted from the final version of the film. Holy, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not a trick that's normally... No. Normally, most directors would be like, screw the shot, it won't work, because, you know, the camera, or you just edit, and I guess now, because they have the technology, you can actually just scribble out the camera in the background, and just the shot I mean, still moves. Now you could do that, you but, wanted not to, 19, but not in 1991, you couldn't. No, you couldn't in 1991. Oh, my right? God. Just and so, yeah, they, head. Were talking, they were talking about this scene, and, and they were, like, trying to find actresses that looked like Linda Hamilton. She's like, you know, I have a twin sister. And they're like, wait, what? So yeah, they got her twin sister. Like they're not identical twins, but they're very, they look very close. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's some scenes at the end of the movie where the T-1000 is, is also Sarah, right? And you see the two of them on screen together. And it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. there's two Sarah Connors there because it's Linda and Leslie Hamilton <laughs> right next to each other. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So just kind of one of those lucky things where like they didn't know they were going to need a, they were going to have a shape-shifting bad guy in the second movie. And it just turned out she happened to have a twin sister. So, hmm. yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, uh, they cut, cut to the next morning. There's a deleted scene in here where John tries to teach the Terminator how to smile. 
Oh, yeah, that was cringe. It is. Yeah, I wrote down it's hilarious and terrifying at the same time. Yep. Um, uh, man, I, this is taking a lot longer, but... I think we can just kind of like speed through this and then... Yeah, fortunately, there's not like as many details from here on. Um, yeah. You know, we do see... Uh, they're they're taken off. They're going to Sarah's friend's house to get her stuff. And the Sherman explains who Miles Bennett Dyson is, um, mm-hmm. who is the guy that created the neural net processor that would eventually become Skynet, that would eventually cause Judgment Day, that would eventually, you know, try to take out all of the humans. Yeah. Um, they go to her friend Enrique's place to pick up all of her weapons. Um, and we can see during that scene that John and the Terminator are just having like conversation. Like John's mm-hmm. kind of using the Terminator as a sounding board, but also sort of teaching him how to be more human. Yeah. And uh, cut to Sarah's nightmare um, where <laughs> she just sees the, the judgment day explosion happen. Um, mm-hmm. On the playground, there is also a happy younger Sarah Connor with a small boy who is supposed to be like a younger John. Mm-hmm. Um, that boy is actually Linda Hamilton's real life son. Oh yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, isn't now? Isn't that yeah. the, now? That's the scene with her at the fence and the explosion hitting her, and that's the thing. That's the scene that's become a meme now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thanks to this year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it's yeah. always been an Arizona in the middle of summer meme. Just you know, for sure. Yeah, but yeah. Um. So Sarah goes to Dyson's house to mm-hmm. kill him to stop Judgment Day. And um, it's, it's kind of crazy watching that scene because you see just how methodical and how, you know, machine-like she is in her assassination Mm -hmm. attempt. And she's there and her finger is pulling the trigger back to end his life, to stop everything from happening. And then, I don't know, I interpret the scene as Sarah realizing what she's doing and what Mm -hmm. she's becoming. And it's the very thing she's trying to stop from happening. Yeah. You know, it's so she's kind of in this weird catch-22 dilemma right like Mm -hmm. hey if i kill this guy it stops the future and the terminators but by doing it i'm becoming a terminator yes like boy that's a that screws with your head um so john and the terminator show up and show dyson the the mechanical hand and everything and um they explain you know the history of the future and uh (laughs) it's a great um narration from sarah she's like it's not every day you find out you're responsible for three billion deaths he took it pretty well Mm. which dyson then says i feel like i'm gonna throw up (laughs) so they all break into cyberdyne and uh you know go to destroy everything um john then uses his atari uh portfolio to to get into the to get the key to get into the vault to get the chip and the arm from the first terminator so no one can follow in dyson's work um the police show up and there's a great line. <laughs> it's like, we got company. The police? Yeah. How many? Uh, all of them, I think. Because, you know, mm-hmm. all of them. Yeah. Um, Schwarzenegger then goes out to the window with a minigun. Uh, mm-hmm. It is an M134 minigun, which is a 7.62 by 51 millimeter NATO six barrel rotary machine gun. Um, with a rate of fire of 2,000 to 6,000 rounds per minute, which is between 33 and 100 rounds per second. Um, that gun cannot be held by a person by hand. That is specifically a thing made for movies. That gun weighs almost 90 pounds. 
Damn. <laughs> plus nine yards of bullets. Oy. When they say the whole nine yards, that phrase, the whole nine yards, they're yeah. literally talking to the bullet straps that go in miniguns, which are nine yards long. So I learned something new today, kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I learned I was I, I learned something new. Yeah, yeah. So that gun, I mean, it's it's it it's a really cool visual. Um, but for movies, they slow down the rate of fire so that your audience can see the spinning turret. Um, mm-hmm. and they use blanks so that the recoil isn't as bad. But yeah. yeah, like there might be a person, there might be a person that is strong enough to both hold up that 90 pound, 87 pound gun, whatever it is, uh, mm-hmm. and deal with the recoil, but not when it's shooting a hundred rounds a second. No. Um, so yeah, it's in a lot of movies, a lot of video games. Um, uh, you know, Captain America and Winter Soldier has one. Um, the mm-hmm. seventh Fast and the Furious movie, The Rock is firing one. I think he has one in the G.I. Joe movie he's in as well. Okay. Um, it, it, it's in like Team Fortress 2, Grand Theft Auto. Like it's, it's become a thing in popular fiction. But no, that gun's not real. <laughs> okay, good to know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, you're not going to be shooting 6,000 rounds a minute at, you know, all of the Los Angeles police and not murder anybody. Yeah. Like, I get it. It's science fiction. But like, but still. no. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. So there's a big chase scene. Uh, so they, they get away from the police. Um, oh, Dyson. So, so they're getting away and the police, like a SWAT team arrives and they just barge in guns blazing. They shoot Miles Dyson. Um, and Dyson is holding a piece of what is the model of the neural net CPU over the detonator for the explosives that they've all set. And he says, I don't know how much longer I can hold this. The SWAT team gets out. The other, the Connors and the Terminator are, are out of there. They think Dyson's already dead. Um, and we see his heart give out, which means his arm drops, which means he hits the detonator, which means the Cyberdyne building explodes. Damn. Yeah. So Miles Dyson is dead and there is no possible way <laughs> for his work to continue now. Mm-hmm. Um, except for the T-800 and the T-1000. Yeah. Uh, the T-1000 gives chase to the heroes Um in a helicopter like this. so they're in like a SWAT van and then he gets in a helicopter uh in also one of the coolest scenes in the movie where he jumps his motorcycle out of a window onto the side of a helicopter and then crashes through and as he's liquid metal tells the pilot to get out and then the guy just jumps out of the helicopter oh god yeah <laughs> uh chasing continues um the T-1000 smashes the back of the helicopter. Oh, also when T-1000 is piloting the helicopter, it's subtle, but if you look carefully, you can see he's grown a third hand to work the flight stick while he's using his other two hands on the machine gun he's firing at the heroes. Hmm. So, I didn't notice that. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things that like, I didn't notice the first, I don't know, many times I watched the movie and I was like, wait, he's got a third hand. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh so yeah, he crashes the, the helicopter into the back of the, the police truck. Um, the heroes escape by getting into a, uh, just like a beat up pickup truck for a gardening company. <laughs> this one poor guy. Um, Team 1000, meanwhile, reforms and steals a tanker truck that's full of liquid nitrogen. Um, the chase continues. Schwarzenegger eventually crawls out of the back of the, the truck he's in um, onto the cab of the, the tanker truck and just unloads a machine gun into the T-1000's face in, again, one of the coolest shots of the movie. Um, 
he turns the wheels of the truck jackknifes and it you know lands on its side and, and they all crash into the steel mill um, the tanker truck breaks in half the liquid nitrogen goes everywhere and the extreme cold freezes the t-1000's mimetic polyalloy structure mm-hmm. and uh he schwarzenegger shoots him with the hasta la vista baby line and he shatters mm-hmm. into millions of pieces um however the heat from the molten steel me- immediately melts all of the frozen bits uh t-1000 reforms the terminator's battle it looks like schwarzenegger is is taken offline um as the t-1000 starts chasing the connors around and imitate sarah with the leslie hamilton cameos um yep. we can see the t-1000 reverse his auxiliary power comes back online um and there is one final showdown on the catwalks where the T-800 Schwarzenegger shoots the T-1000 with a grenade gun, <laughs> causing him to explode from the inside. The T-1000 falls into the molten steel and is terminated. Yep. Um, the Connors then throw the Terminator 1 chip and arm into the steel, and Schwarzenegger says, well, there's one more chip, but I can't self-terminate. So he asks Sarah to lower him into the steel. Um, John orders him not to go, but Terminator's already learned the danger that his very existence can mean for humanity. And as he mm-hmm. melts... He gives a thumbs up and the last line of the movie the unknown future rolls towards us i face it for the first time with a sense of hope because if a machine a terminator can learn the value of human life maybe we can too and then the audience goes crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that was not as fast of a recap as i planned on it being but you know no nah. It's, yeah. it's a two and a half hour movie, so it is. The fact so. that I condensed it to like a half hour is still pretty good. Um, yeah, it's still very impressive. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, hey, there's all my favorite scenes and, and parts of the movie. <laughs> so the entire like. movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what did you think? So, you know, it's weird. I mean, lots of things, but please go. On. I mean, yes, a lot of things are weird. I'm one of those things. You're one of those things. A lot of people are one of those things. But no, um, and it's not bad being weird. No, it, what was weird was that, so I was watching the movie, and for one thing, I, w- I will say this right off the bat, I, I did really like it. I did really enjoy it, and I could see why a kid growing up in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s would thoroughly enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this was at least a few years before my time. Sure. Yeah. So. Also kind of glad Judgment Day didn't exactly happen because then I would only live to be two years old and then everything would blow up. So I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it was, it, was, it, was really, it was a really good movie. I had a couple of chuckles and laughs. There were a couple of points where I was just like, you can't get away with that shit now, but okay. <laughs> um, For sure. But, you know, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. But the thing that was weird was that when I was watching it, you know, I came to the realization that I may have watched this before. Really? And here's the reason why I say that, because I recognized at least several different scenes, Mm. like fully, like the full scenes from like one end to the other. And I was just like, how do I recognize these scenes? Some of them I'm pretty sure I saw, you know, like watching some YouTube videos, like, you know, top 10 explosions in movies or whatever, whatever. Yeah. You know, there's probably some things like that where I've seen it, but it was weird because there were certain elements scenes and moments like the very beginning with you know arnold schwarzenegger in the bar and the t-1000 showing up and the terminator trying to save sarah at the at the mental institution and Mm -hmm. the car chase scene with the mac truck and uh you know and even like a few bits at the end and i'm sitting there and i'm going like have i actually seen this before and i'm just now remembering because it's possible it could have been on tv when i was a kid and i walked in and saw my parents watching it and just 
yeah never put the pieces together but yeah. it was a weird deja vu moment when watching this movie crazy crazy well cool or well, you Matt- showed me scenes and i don't remember when you did <laughs> yeah that's entirely possible too i mean yeah <laughs> with our desks next to each other for like a year and a half we certainly showed each other a lot of cool movie clips so it's true yeah so as i mentioned before <laughs> this is mm-hmm. my favorite movie mm-hmm. um somehow i ended up with like nine or ten copies of this movie um which is funny because i've only bought it once on each platform Mm-hmm. and people keep buying me different versions for birthdays and Christmas because they think it's funny that I would have every version of... Like, I bought it once on VHS. I bought it once on DVD. It was the first DVD yeah. I bought, actually. I bought it once on Laserdisc because it was before I had a Laserdisc player, and I thought, oh, it'd be funny to have my favorite movie on Laserdisc. It was like $4. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of my friends got me a Blu-ray, a copy of it, um, before I owned a Blu-ray player. So ah. I had the DVD and the Blu... Or, I'm sorry, I had the Laserdisc and the Blu-ray, and I couldn't watch either one of them. And so <laughs> that was pretty funny. And then friends keep buying me, like I actually ended up with every version on Laserdisc because people coincidentally kept buying me different versions. So, wow. Yeah. One of my friends bought me two years in a row for Christmas, got me the Sega Genesis version mm-hmm. <laughs> because there are two versions of Terminator 2 on Sega Genesis. Wow. And then uh, this last year, that same friend got me, um, he's actually one of the guys at Def M Records. So thanks, bud. Yeah. Um, uh, he got me, a Brazilian or, or Argentinian maybe release uh, from Joxa. Uh, it's the Kenner action figure of the Terminator with the half um, metal face and half Schwarzenegger face in the leather jacket mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, but he's in like a neon yellow shirt for some reason. And it came packed with a VHS special feature on the movie about the makeup effects. Ooh. Yeah. So as much as I would like to watch that that tape and see like I, I think my vcr still works um i would love to watch that but i also like really don't want to open this thing so yeah. <laughs> i'm kind of at like a, i don't know what to do there yeah um, so but yeah i uh yeah and then i did i did buy a second blu-ray because the second one came with the digital code uh and it was only five bucks which was cheaper than paying like 19.99 for a digital copy of the movie which is what everywhere online was looking to you know looking to to asked me for at the time pretty much uh yeah i'll go with another blu-ray and just spend five thanks (laughs) yep so cool yeah Yeah. um i don't know were there any were there any moments or scenes that uh that stood out to you so i admit i really did like the chase scene with them and the wash with the motorcycle and everything um also i will say the way the term uh the way that Arnold Schwarzenegger reloads or like I guess uh recocks his yeah. gun yeah. is some of the most is the most badass you know handiwork is I you know I mean I you know I I'm a guard person so you hand me like a stick or a, a broom or something like that and I'll start randomly spinning it sure yeah I don't think I could do that with a gun like that no, no <laughs> I haven't tried and I'm not going to try yeah but still those- it's just crazy yeah it's it's uh man i don't know how to just like i don't know guns so yeah uh like i know the minigun because i looked it up and now that i've closed that window i already forget what the actual model number of that gun is uh but like yeah (laughs) shotgun it's one of the ones where like it's the hand pump it's not the the it's like the trigger pump something yeah mechanism if josh was here i know he would know what that was called Um, yes but yeah so he he reloads it by flipping the gun around with one hand yep Uh, which like <laughs> the amount of force and recoil to do that is crazy. Also, he's doing it on a moving motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> like, but he also does it like several other times when not on a moving motorcycle. And it's still really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that scene. Um, uh, I think my favorite, though, is Sarah's breakout from The Mental Institution because okay. I don't think I've ever watched a movie that took place in the 90s that I can recall off the top of my head. Uh-huh. Maybe, aside if, I mean, like, maybe aside from like the Alien movies, but there's very few and far between movies that have a very, uh, and I'm going to use this term again, but badass female. Sure, yeah. And just the mere fact of the matter of just how she, you know, how she used a paperclip to escape her bindings and broke out of her room. And yeah, yeah. it's just everything about that was just extremely impressive. I haven't seen her in the first movie, so I have no idea if she has that skill or that talent in the first film. No, in the first movie, she's like, she's like this cute little teeny bopper waitress. Oh, like she's almost unrecognizable. It's, it's completely different. That's interesting. So yeah, I kind of I, then I then I really enjoy the fact that she kind of goes from mm-hmm. innocent to you know I will I can kill you with a snap type of thing. But mm-hmm. it, it's really impressive because even though the Terminators are the most you know crazy powerful things in this movie, and that literally nothing can stop them except for molten lava, it's it's just kind of crazy to think that you know all of the crap that she takes throughout the movie, and she's still holding her own. And I'm just like that's. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, she's awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed her escape and just how she kind of mick-wrecked everybody and, <laughs> you say and all of that. Huh? Did you say mick-wrecked? Yes. Okay. It's, all, it's on the McDonald's uh, <laughs> a secret menu. <laughs> yeah. Mick-wrecked. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. But, no. yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that scene and, obviously, the one ending. Of, the thumbs one of up. my favorite... Yeah, one of my favorite things about this movie, there's no there's no romance subplot. Yeah, there isn't. Like the only like relationship that happens is between John and the Terminator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And even that's kind of more of like a, a son finding a surrogate father relationship. Uh and you know, him kind of teaching like the 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 machine learning how to be human and learning, you know, the value of the human life. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, but there's no there's no romance. Uh there is the deleted scene of, of Sarah and Kyle, kind of, but even that's, you know, what, forty five seconds long? Yeah, and it's primarily just, you know... It, it's, and it's her dream. It's a dream. It's not even like a real thing. Yeah. I mean, as much as anything in a fictional movie is real, but you know what I mean. Yeah, um, and I know, I know what you mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. So, uh, we have like a minute and a half left. <laughs> oh, geez. We were, we were, we were uh, deep diving into this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that summary. Yeah, it went a little longer than I, than I had planned. I apologize for that. But it's fine. You know. Uh, we filled up that time so yeah we did um, um check us out on social media yeah. on facebook and on facebook and twitter at atomic monsoon instagram at atomic underscore monsoon uh email us at atomic monsoon at gmail check out our red bubble and uh us on youtube if you want and all of our and if you obviously you're listening to us on whatever podcatcher voice america or even site you're finding us on but keep listening to us here and recommend to your friends yeah and subscribe to us so that you don't miss an episode uh that mm-hmm. yeah and and rate give us give us a nice rating a nice five stars that'd be great and uh you know leave us a nice review if you could that would be that would yeah. be, be wonderful and um, tell us you know what your opinion is of the terminator 2 movie yeah i mean if you just want to say andy's right this is the greatest movie of all time or at least this is the greatest <laughs> sequel of all time uh you know that I wouldn't be opposed to that. Um, also, <laughs> real quick, I just want to say on my personal website, psychoandy.com, p s y c h o a n d y dot c o m, 
for the month of October. I am updating every morning with some drawing of a monster that I have done in the past. And then at some point during the day, once I'm done with my actual like work work stuff, um, with a new drawing as part of the Inktober challenge, which is to draw something in ink every day for the month of October. So I am doing two updates a day on psychomedia.com. So uh, for any of the listeners that want to know what my artwork looks like, uh, mm-hmm. obviously you can go to voiceamerica.com and a lot of the show banners on there, probably a little over half of them at this point are mine. Um, some of the older shows are, you know, before, from before I got there and, and some of the, our other hosts uh, have their own teams that do graphics for them. But uh, so there's my, some of my graphics, but if you want to see what my illustration stuff looks like, you can go to my personal website, like I said, psychomedia.com. Um, you know, check out, you know, kind of the weird monster stuff that I've drawn over the last, uh, God, I think one of them is like 15 years old, or one of them I think is like 20 years old. It's just like, wow. I found this crazy old drawing of a monster. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I just figured I'd throw myself out a little plug there. <laughs> yeah, no, do it. I yeah. mean, I, a while back I was plugging my friends at Mischief and Madness, which still check those guys out because they're still That's doing right. Twitch streams uh, every, pretty much every other day, every day. Oh, wow. um, okay. So go yeah. check them out. Um, but yeah, no. Well, Andy, thank you for, in, fi- I, I don't want to say finally introducing me to Terminator 2. <laughs> I have been meaning to watch it since I experienced it at Universal sure. in 2011. But thank you for allowing me the ability to watch it. And it was fun <laughs> to talk about this. And you know, it's crazy. Hmm. We, we mentioned that, you know, because it's, Inkto- it's October, because you mm-hmm. mentioned Inktober. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've been going back and I've been re-listening to some old episodes of Atomic Monsoon and uh, everything like that. And uh you know, it's weird. This time last year, it was tra- it was Transformers Month. It's true. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not doing that again this year. No. <laughs> so don't expect it, guys. <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, no, but we uh, if all goes according to plan, we should have a special guest next week. So uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned for who it will be. <laughs> so. All right, guys, be safe out there. Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs>